Champagne Soccer, the first pot of 2023. How's everyone doing, guys? Excellent. Hey, Happy man. New Year, yeah, man. We back. Sick. Happy <laughs> New Year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you got a hot question to start off the year, man. And, I, and I'm interested to see what they're going to say, man. Set it off. All right. Welcome, fellas. Happy New Year. You know, Champagne Soccer. I got a question for y'all that's not soccer related. Listeners, you, you can ponder to yourself and ask those around you once if it pings your ears too. Um, fellas, if you could have either superpower between invisibility or flying, and I mean flying like Superman, what would you pick? I'm thinking Ethan, invisible. You can go I'm ahead. going flying. All right. Invisible man. Marcus. Oh, Cletus, invisible man. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go Marcus. with I'm gonna go with flying because I saw Hollow Man and um eventually they're gonna come get you. <laughs> yeah, <man>. yeah <laughs> I, right. I was like Jim Jones. We fly high, man. I'm in the sky. Yeah, I can get away from you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Just this is a little survey, man. Just know. You know what I'm saying to y'all invisible hollow man people out there, you're under surveillance. <laughs> that's all that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. I want to fly. I want to go to to Spain and then Brazil in the same same day. Matter of fact, the same still, hour, you could do that though. You can still do that when you're invisible and still hit yeah, yeah, but you gotta sneak on a plane, you gotta sneak yeah, on yeah, to I don't a got plane. time for that. Why, why am I sneaking if you can't see me? You what if somebody said on you, bro? But you still gotta wait for a flight. Like if I fly, I ain't gotta wait for nothing. I'm gone. If you wanna be sneaky, and if you wanna be sneaky with, with invisibility, you can be sneaky and fly away. You know what I'm saying? You can do stuff and just I'm gone. Yeah, I'm gone. So anyway, I, I got you, know. Right, yeah, that's, that's that's it. That's only that's a little little what if question of the day. Yeah, yeah nice brain teaser. Cool. Now speaking of another brain teaser, uh Man United won four straight matches ever since, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo was let go. Eric Ten Hag's tactics seem to be working right now. Um, You know, Man United are about, what, nine points back from the number one spot in the league. Um, Ephraim, how you feeling? Are Man United title contenders now? I'm not going to go that far. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Dan. I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch, so... Um, but I do like the trend, obviously. I mean, out of the group here, the only team that's not dropping points is Manchester United. So, um, you know, we're, we're we're moving up the thing, up the table. We, I think we we're, what, tied for the second, third slot. I think uh, Newcastle, we, we tied with Newcastle, I mean, third, excuse me, uh, with uh, 35 points right now. So, um, and I think Newcastle has a slight edge. So I think they're technically third. Um but yeah, man, like we're, we're doing good things. I like the way the manager's moving. You know, he's even, you know, he's dropping. Look, it ain't just about like superstar Ronaldo. It's, it's we dropping anybody. My man dropped uh, Rashford the other day because he missed Sancho. Sancho, Sancho, get out of here. Been, Sancho's been in Holland. He just came back, but he's been in Holland training on his own. Um, you know, obviously we know about Harry Maguire and him, his uh, his limited time. Um, so so I like how Ten Hag is moving. We we know who's in charge. And I think Marcus has said something in the, uh, in the chat last week. Somebody like being a, like a principal, and look, I'm with it as long as as long as it's justified, and you know, there's no mutiny in the locker room. I guess I'll tell you one thing that's not happening this season. There ain't no leaks happening like last year. 
Um, you don't hear anything coming out. Oh, this is what's happening in the locker room. This is what's happening behind closed doors. You don't hear that anymore. So, um, yeah, and and also to, to give him to give him some some credit. I mean, he actually, you know, we won last uh, three nothing three nil last night against uh, Bournemouth, and uh, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy at all. He said there's too many chances at the end of the game. He said we got two nil up, and uh, yeah, we put up, took our foot off the gas, and uh, we, we weren't ruthless enough. I mean, we yeah. did get one more goal, but yeah, he wasn't happy. So I like that. He he says, what does he say? Satisfaction equals laziness is what he says. So, yeah, man, I, I like where we're going. I like what he's doing. I like the how the players are responding. Um, and I, I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the only thing I think we're lacking is some depth in some certain areas, and that'll hopefully the transfer window. We got this whole month uh, to to explore that. So, word now. I'm sure you guys all saw the report of Rashford, you know, getting dropped because he was late to the match. Obviously, he still comes on and contributes a goal. Um, Ephraim, once again, talk about this discipline and how he's setting the team straight. Because as an Arsenal fan, I can say I watched Arteta do a lot of the same things and it does look like the results are panning out so far when you get rid of, you know, bad influences in the locker room and you punish guys for, you know, being tardy to match day. Come on, man. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think, you know, I, I think one thing we've all, you know, in our in our lives watching sports have seen, and it doesn't always work this way, but a lot of times when when, you know, upper management has the back of the coach and, you know, nobody's ego is above the team then a lot of times that can result in you know great results um not like i said not all not you're not always going to win a championship or anything like that but you know at least there's an upward trend and i think like i said before i really appreciate the uh the discipline and and the players have said it you know bruno fernandez has come out famously and said how much discipline was needed and um a lot of other players have come out and said that's the same thing uh, not to, not only that, bringing in players that he already knew, and I and I, you know, you know, coaches get a lot of grief about wanting to do that. A lot of times it's for a reason, though. You know, you bring in somebody like Lissandro Martinez. We joke and call him Mini Mac all the time. At the same time, there's a reason why he brought him here. Midget Mac, Midget Mac, Midget Mac. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> but, 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 right, but there's a reason why he brought him. Though he brought him here because he brought him to Manchester because he knew about his ethic. I'm here. I read reports about uh, uh, in training. Um, he's one of the hardest working trainer uh, working in training, um, and that's why you bring people like that in there. Um, so, so Napoleon complex. Hey, call it what you want. He was he's been balling though. He's been one of the, one of the, one of the more higher rated, not saying the highest rated, but one of the more higher rated defenders in the Premier League this year. So, say what you want, uh, and also people like Casemiro, you know, who's been a godsend. He's he's steadily moving up the tackles list. Um, and he has, he's only played, what, 14, I think, 14 matches in the Premier League, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but now like, that he's off, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I just, now that he's off babysitting duty, he can focus <laughs> on playing and he's been balling. He's been balling and he and he gives relief in the back four for, for the back four and for those midfielders to push up higher. He's been great. Um, David De Gea, you know, people talked about, oh, his distribution, this, this distribution, that. He need, you know, Ten Hag wants a, a, a keeper that can play with his feet. All right. What'd you see in the Bournemouth game? No, we need somebody that can stop them with their hands. And so, um, but he's still, but he's gotten better with his feet. He's distributing better with his feet. So not only with the discipline, he's actually making players better. 
you know, Juan Basaka playing inverted right back the other day, you know, I think against Burnley. Um, so, so, I mean, things like that, you know, got an assist in the, uh, in the uh, league cup game um, after the break. So, you know, he's making players better, you know, but like I said, don't, the thing that he needs though is depth. And I think we'll be okay. I dig that now. I'll talk about Arsenal real quick. Uh, Nil-nil draw against Newcastle. And Anthony has been pushing me to try to say Arsenal in the title race, but I've kept my composure. This is the race for the top four. I know what my team is. And let let me break it down this way, guys. I saw my team choke top four a few months ago. And now you expect me to think we're going to be champions of England? (laughs) Hey, man, that's not how it works. And you have to go through the process. Right now, we still have the youngest team in England. We've had an injury to our star striker, Gabriel Jesus. We have Eddie Nketiah, who's played well the first two matches, was a ghost yesterday. There was some controversial calls, um... Arteta and a few of the players feel like we should have gotten two penalties. We didn't get it. It is what it is. The first one was dodge eels off a set piece. That one, eh, I'm not really feeling it. Even though I saw Gabriel Martinelli put the video up. Hey, we, Arsenal, we have our own VAR staff with the players. It's nasty. But the second one, that was a handball. But it is what it is. I mean... I always knew Arsenal, we're not in the script. They're not going to let us win. We have to take it. So right now, based on what we're seeing, Arsenal, they're about to go. It's a real test now. You drew with Newcastle, and now you're about to go through the heart of the schedule where you really got to see what your mind is made out of. Because on the 15th, you go away and play Tottenham in the North London Derby. Then the 22nd, you have another derby, if you will, in uh, Man United. So we're going to see what they made of. By February 4th, when they're away at Everton, we'll see. what What is this team? Because also, not to forget, February 15th, they host Man City. So we're going to see by the day after Valentine's Day, we're going to see if the love affair with Arsenal is still there, if you will. But uh, Cletus, another brother who is uh, skeptical of his team, Ephraim is more optimistic as he should be because his team is playing well. I'm a little apprehensive because I know the pressure is coming. The real heat of the season is about to wake up. Cletus, how do you feel about your your blues, man? Still looking sketchy. Blues, man, looking real blue. Um, there's a lot going on at Chelsea, starting from recruitment, um, and then, you know, just players that we currently have, those that are injured, those that are playing, it's just, you know, there, I feel like I'm always the negative Chelsea fan, but at the same time, I feel like I could see the problems and I'm okay with identifying them, but yeah, it's going to be really hard for us trying to get back into fourth place, especially when you got teams like, um, Newcastle at the moment, even even Fulham, um, Southampton. It's just it's a lot of teams that are you know playing a lot better than us, and I don't see how we're going to be able to overtake them to get top four. Um, I'll be very happy if we could finish out in Europa League. I'll take that because I think that'll be important for the development of some of the younger players that we're bringing through. So that's where we're at right now. But there's just been a lot of blues at Chelsea's man. It's it's not looking good right now. 
And this is following a one-one draw against Nottingham Forest. Um, how yes. did you feel about that match? Um, first half we seemed a little bit more energetic, seemed like we wanted to dominate the game, but we never really kind of imposed ourselves on the game. We were able to get that lucky goal with um Sterling getting that tap in off the flick. But besides that, like we never really like pressed them. Um, second half we looked very dead, no motivation. There was a clip um of the game I was watching where uh, Gallagher tried to press and like the midfielder, he just dribbled past Gallagher like he wasn't there. And then Mason tried to make a tackle. He just glided past Mason. And then, you know, just like that was pretty much the whole second half where like their midfield just outplayed us. We didn't have no fight. We were, we kind of lost like every second ball. So, um, yeah, we I've, I don't want to be saying we need to get rid of Potter now, but if something does happen where we we do let Potter go and we're looking for a coach, we really need to identify a coach that has like that, like that fighting mentality where he's able to like get niggas in line, like really straighten them out, like put fear in their heart. Cause I don't feel like they have that fear in their heart where they're able to like even express it on the field. Yeah. Hey, let me ask a, can I ask a question real quick to Clay this? Go ahead. Sure. And so let me ask you, let me ask you this then, because if, if you guys get rid of Potter, it just seems like it's going to be another falling down another trend. Yeah. Like, that's, 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 that's the problem. That's that's a big problem. And, I've, and I feel like right now with the current um, with the current board, the system they're trying to implement is like they want to build with Potter and like, you know, buy players. But like if you really look at our track record so far, some of the players that we brought in and like were kind of linked with, they don't really seem like Chelsea players. They don't really it just I for me personally, I just don't see where they fit within the puzzle because I personally can't even see what the puzzle is. Do you think that it's it's more of a they're not Premier League players like they they can't play in the Premier League also not just not just a Chelsea thing but also like a, a yeah a Premier the quality League the quality of players that we've brought in at Chelsea honestly has gone down over the years even with players where you've seen like glimpse of them and you felt like they have prospects to be like the top notch player. Like we don't even have those, you know, I remember when like Oscar came in, like we were all really surprised and kind of confused, like, okay, he's Brazilian, but like, what's up with them? But like after watching him play a few games, we were like, okay, all right, we're not about to even ask questions. Same thing with Ramirez is like, you know, Ramirez That's is my boy. Ramirez was Same I here. I like them too. In, um, in Russia. Um, I think either Russia or Portugal, but when Ramirez came in, it's like off rip. We just knew like, oh yeah, we have somebody here. We have somebody special in Ramirez. Like, but now like when we buy certain players, it's like, oh, we just bought him because, for example, Wesley Fofana. Oh, he's young, he's hot in the market. Okay, we need a player. Let's go get him. But like, I feel like we don't scout players all the way and really identify like what they're bringing as in value to the team. Same thing with like the cool Bali signing too as well. Yeah. Hey, let's go to another team that made a sign-in that made some fans excited, but some fans say that uh they're neglecting their priorities. Liverpool. Now, so far, so good, uh, so far, so good. But then when I'm that I'm talking about uh the two-one match against Leicester City. And then prior to that, 3-1 against Ashton Villa on Boxing Day. But then 
2023 pulled up Brentford three, Liverpool one. Break that down for us, Marcus. We're getting smoked with our lots. <laughs> uh, man, terrible way to bring in the new year, man. We out here dominating the game. We got the most uh, attacking, involvement player in the league in Nunez. And he can't make a damn shot. This shit is ridiculous. It's like Shaq at the free throw line, man. We, um, but like you said, man, we, we played Brentford. We went out there and, uh, as we do, as every Liverpool fan knows that we do, we, uh, give up that first goal and we did it again. Um, then we get Virgil pulling up and we, we losing him for a couple of weeks. Uh, then we, we actually get a little fight back, but then <clears throat> second half come. We think we coming back with a little moxie, everything going good, and then what's the homie name? Mosa, I, I fool with him. The uh, Tony's uh, strike partner, Dan. What's it? What's homie name? Well, uh, hold on, I'm about to look it up real quick. I forgot it too. Hold on, uh, go ahead. I'll find it. Yeah. Oh, so homie, Embuemo, Embuemo. Yeah. yeah, homie, homie hits us with the LeBron James. He mixes, he mixes Kanate. Fresh off of fresh off international duty with with uh with Cletus's boys. Um, yeah, he gets mixed and we and we get escaped. It's uh not it wasn't a, a good way to open up the year, man. We we need a midfielder. Homie at Brighton, the fourth leading tackler in the uh in the league. Casado? We need that. Yeah, well, fifth. Yeah, he's the fifth leading, he's the fifth leading tackler, bro, with 47. I looked it up with uh he was saying. Casemiro coming up. He's seven with forty five. Nice. Yeah, we need that. We need that deal, bro. Uh, not for <laughs> seventy million. We we are not Chelsea. We do not buy because they have hot uh, World Cups. We we hey, want a square hey. deal, Gakpo like. Hey man, you could have put that Gakpo money in to get a Casado, man. Priorities, my G. Hey, Instead man, of getting was, another attacker. You know what we got to do, man. We got to strike while it's high, and we always got to win out <laughs> on United. Fuck your, fuck your dream. <laughs> I feel you on that. Now, Anthony, you're going through an interesting time with your club as well. I know we've been talking, and you said that your focus is on the Champions League, but um, Erlen Holland said he wants to hunt Arsenal. He wants that league title. Um. New Year's Eve, Man City drew against Everton 1-1. Tomorrow, they go away and play Chelsea. Then Sunday, they play Chelsea again in the FA Cup. Then on the 14th, they're away to uh, United, Manchester Derby. And then on the 19th, they host Tottenham. So City's going to have an interesting stretch of games. How are you feeling uh, facing these matches going forward? I'm going to tell y'all straight up, we're probably going to play like our C squad in that FA Cup match um, and let Chelsea win or try to win. We're we, we going to give it up. The CL or bust, all them other trophies, y'all can have them. Premier League, we'll, we'll take that just off longevity. I'm with you, Dan. Early, it's early in the year. It's January. Arsenal just dropped points. We were watching that Everton City match. And that joint yeah. was kind of um, that was kind of a, I ain't gonna say a dagger, 
But I, I watched the goal. We we were literally watching it, and then I all I could say was like, "Wow!" When they tied it up, and then from there, just watch City not really struggle, but they couldn't get that next goal, and uh, it just made me think like, "Yeah, it's about to it's just gonna be one of them seasons. Either we're gonna have to make one of those uh twenty plus match runs that like we had in the past, like a fifteen uh win streak and to win the league." Or it's going to be back and forth and one team drops points like Arsenal did. We try to gain ground. We drop points like we did. Hey, we're going to, if anything, Everton's going to stay in the league just off one point. City just kept Everton in, in the Premier League. That's how I feel. Um, we're going to, we're going to look back and be like, wow, they, they actually still up. But um, from there, man, uh, Tottenham will beat that Manchester, the Derby. I'm excited for their inform. Holland's still going to eat greedy. This Chelsea match coming up. I'm going to predict 3 1. Uh, I'm going to say a Holland hat trick this time. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. What's up? Now, before we move any forward, we have to say rest in peace to Pele. He passed away on December 29th, he was 82 years old. After dealing with the uh, complications from cancer, um, his funeral took place the last couple of days. Over half a million people crowded the streets to of Brazil to support Oray, the king of football. Um, for me, he's the greatest. I think most of us agreed and said he was the greatest. Ephraim will give us his all-time top five in a little bit, but um. I'll just say, speaking from my perspective of a lifelong soccer fan, he's the first person you learn about. Um, of course, I've been talking extensively about the power of the number 10, the magic of the number 10, the importance of being an all-around player. He is the genesis of that. He is the first person to make people view the game in that way, to call it the beautiful game. It was through him, his style of play, the way he led his country to three World Cups, the only person ever do that. The way he made Santos a famous club around the world. The way he made it easy to be a Black man in sports in the world. Because it's crazy when you learn about his life. Shout out to Anthony. He got me Pele's autobiography um, for Christmas. And I've been reading it. And when you look at this man was born 1940. The same town, uh, the same time when his town got electricity, he was named after Thomas Edson. His first name is Edson. And prior to that, about 50 years before he was born, slavery was abolished in Brazil. So he is basically a second generation free black person in Brazil and became the most famous person that his country most likely will ever produce. So his life is inspiring and a hey, rest in peace, Pele. You the goat for me forever because it's bigger than just what you did on the pitch. He spread the game around the world. He played everywhere, Africa, Asia, uh, of course, South America, North America with the New York Cosmos. He spread the game around the world with joy, love. And even though he went through a lot of adversity, he never let it cloud his judgment. He always treated people with respect. He showed love to everybody, so salute to Pele, man. What do y'all feel about uh, his passing? 
Well, I would say we had uh, talked in the chat because the night that he had passed, I watched the uh, Netflix documentary and um, it was kind of dope because it was, I guess that was like a couple of years, well, a year last year they recorded that documentary or something of that nature, probably two years ago when he, yeah. had, um, when he first started like getting, I guess, <clears throat> rather sicker because he was on the walker uh, on there. And like how you said, it explained his life. It explained his story. I didn't know. Like some of that Santos was actually playing all the was traveling around the world and playing every team in Europe. So that four hundred gold thing um might might be more closer to reality. Um based. Yeah, I dig it. And by the way, sorry to cut you off, Marcus. I just wanted to say this real quick to back up your point. He played in 130 matches against European clubs, scored 144 goals. So he was balling on them too. It wasn't just like I'm playing against quote-unquote inferior talent and dominating he cooked the europeans as well yeah they had said on the documentary i think it was like 200 plus goals in a in like a, a two-year span or something like that it was like some crazy outlandish numbers um but like how you said he the goat for me goat for everybody pretty much it seemed like um and like how you said he was big he was bigger than the game he's he gonna transcend the game you know about soccer football you know about it and you know about Pele um he represented Brazil and think about everybody that plays for Brazil wants to be similar to him so um yeah man I thought I thought it was kind of dope learning I mean also learning more about the history of him and um yeah man the goat man sorry to hear him pass yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Pele. Now, for me, honestly, like growing up in Togo, like everybody always associated players with numbers. So, you know, the number 10 was like that important number to have. And growing up, like everybody talks about Pele in the village. Everybody talks about Pele in the classes. So that's who like we all grew up watching. That's who we always, you know, judge players like even Zidane, whether it's, you know, Messi, like everybody will be judged up against what, what Pele's done. And it's hard to describe like who he is for everybody, like especially when you've played the sport. But for me, like when I watch him play, it's like it that's what I call art. Like when I watch him dribble, making passes, scoring, like that's what I view as, you know, live art. And like for every every player, every kid in a hood, like Pele will always be the godfather, the guy that you wish you could be um once you get older. For sure, well said. Hey, one one thing I would say, everything he was doing was like advanced. It was like what 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 people doing now. And then it was funny that in that documentary too to add in the last World Cup that they won, he didn't even want to play because of all the shit yeah. that was going on in the country. Yep, because he wanted to stop the war more than anything. But like yep. even just like you were saying, you know the stuff that he was doing before. Like I remember my first time seeing him doing stepovers. And, like, he's dribbling full speed, doing stepovers in, like, mud. Like, not real grass, but he's still moving. Like, it was just, like, those little stuff. Like, when you watch it and then you see what kids have now and they're playing on turf grass and, like, you're like, man, you wouldn't survive back then. Yeah, when you watch his footage, he looks like an alien that was put back in time to show them how to play football. Like, he transcends eras. It's certain athletes, like, I'm sure y'all watch NFL highlights growing up. It's like watching Gail Sayers in the 60s. Like, he looks, hey, man, you ain't supposed to be from back then. 
why are you moving like that? That's how Pele was too. Is like the brain you can see, like you know the highlights that are going around of all the highlights your favorite player did. Pele did it first. It shows you like with these special players, they all have the same brain that they have these creative moves that they think of on the spot because it's not like they were watching Pele highlights growing up. And it's not like Pele had a lot of highlights to study of other players growing up, but instinctively they're all doing similar things, but uh, go ahead, Ephraim. Yeah. I mean, you guys kind of like are really doing a good job of, of, you know, laying out the plaudits. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things you mentioned, Dan, was like, like him being a, a you know a black player. Yeah, he's from Brazil, but he's he is black, right? So, and, and for him to be like regarded as, you know, not just the greatest footballer of all time, but maybe one of the greatest athletes of all time, you know, spanning all sports because you know, for sure, he, he transcended, you know, not just you know football, soccer, but you know people in all circles know who he is you know he, he his name is known throughout you know it reverberates around many leagues and many different sports and many different places in the world um great ambassador for football obviously um great you know ambassador for his nation you know and and uh but yeah i can't really say much more than what you guys have already talked about you know he's he's been he's you know spoiler alert he's my number one he's my all time, all time, all time. So uh, there's no doubt about it. You know, he did much more than just football. It's like much, it's so much more, you know, being an inspiration for young people, like you said, Dan and and, and Clay just talk about, you know, being in, in different, you know, countries and different continents like Africa and, you know, going there and showing and playing, you know, football there, going to Europe and, and beating, be, you know, taking on European teams and, and, showing them how it's done and you know Marcus pointed out watching those clips of of you know what he used to do and yeah man it's it's ridiculous um that some of the things he was doing back then and, and and nobody even thought about so yeah man hats off RIP um he will be missed obviously but uh never forgotten for sure you know, he's written an article um uh from Franz Beckenbauer he was talking about their time at New York Cosmo Oh yeah! How much like, man, that guy Pele, like he will call you brother, and it's like you you will feel it, and like that's one thing I could say. Like whenever people talk about Pele, they always relate to him as a brother. Like they never say, "Oh Pele, that guy." Like they just say, you know, "Oh my brother Pele," or "Pele is like a brother to me," and that's one thing I always like hold in remembrance of him. Yeah, for sure. Anthony, how do you feel about Pele's passing? I, I know you've been watching a lot of his footage recently, too. Yeah, same way Ephraim said. Y'all said a lot. Um, but Clay just specified, like, his dribbling. Uh, me and you noticed, Dan, just how deep he played on the field. He wasn't an actual striker. He was dropping back to, like, a false nine, but, like, a box-to-box -box midfielder and setting up a lot of plays. Yeah. So um, his his – I was like, yo, his turns are crazy. Um, just the way he handled the ball and then spun around defenders. It was like multiple times. It was amazing. But one thing uh, you just said something as well, Clay, is talking about uh, th that brother thing. It was something that I noticed about Pele, even in old age, his spirit surrounding the game and just how everybody embraced him, but just how he actually loved the game of football and how um, it just that smile, something like, 
almost ingrained in him. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was the sport, and you could tell it wasn't like it it wasn't like a front. It wasn't just like oh, just natural gift that he almost didn't appreciate. He actually loved the sport, and um, it radiated off him. And so, just the the beautiful game itself really did originate from a beautiful spirit. So that's kind of tight. And R.I.P. For sure, and. I got to also salute his dad, Don Dino. He was a former footballer. He had injury issues, so he wasn't able to maximize his career. But having a footballer as a dad gave him a head start. He's mentioned in his book about how his mom did not want him to be a footballer because of how they grew up poor, all the struggles they had, his dad being in, uh, having all the injury issues. But, you know, he was pushing. He still wanted to play. And one day he met a man named Valdemar de Brito, a black man that played for Brazil in the 1930s, early 1940s. And he saw Pele and said, this man will be the greatest player in the world, gave him a lot of game. And he was the man that actually brought him to Santos. And Pele, it's funny, Pele was like, yeah, people think I invented the bicycle kick because it became like my signature move because I did it so much, but it was really my coach's brother that invented it. I was like, whoa, hold on. You know, the homie that invented the bicycle kick. So it's just like, you see all the education he got. That's why he was so special. And he was also a part of the first generation that played futsal. So that's why his dribbling was so crazy. He's a part of that era. Like I'm from the street. So we play this style of football and then you combine futsal with it. That's why he was like one of a kind. So just reading that book, uh, I would advise anybody that loves the sport of soccer to get Pele's autobiography because it's really dope. Well, Ephraim, you already let us know who your number one is. So break down the rest of your top five and your thought process when you made the list. All right. So I'll just go ahead and give you my thought process off the top. It's like, it's eh. It's it, it not really like too many, uh, I guess, um, I don't know. I, it's more of a feeling like, like what I saw and how they, how they made me feel as, as uh, a football fan and like what they've done in the game. So obviously we all know number one is Pele. I'm going to go two with Messi. I'm going I'm to say Messi for number two. Um, Cristiano number three, uh, Maradona number four. And for my fifth, I'm going to go with uh, Johan Cruyff. Um, that's what my fifth is going to be. Uh, so yeah, my process was mostly just like, yeah, how they changed the game in a way, um, like what they've, like what their legacy they've left, uh, for their country and, and the teams they have been involved with. Um, so that's kind of like my thought process with that. And, and Cruyff on, for one thing, like not just as a, as a player, but as a coach, he was a, a phenomenal in both, on, on both aspects. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of like, my process in a way of, of how I figured my top five, but that's my top five though. Nice. Nice. Now I don't have a problem with that. It makes sense. And objectively that probably is the top five, but you know me, I got to put my little razzle dazzle and Bape, you still number five. People are bullying hey. me. They're asking me hey, questions. Six for me, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all right. I'm not hey. right there. He trust me. He's right there. <laughs> One of my homies tried to bully me and said, how dare you put him in front of Cristiano? Cristiano's done this. Cristiano's done that. And I said, hey, I can't deny Cristiano and his legacy. But one thing that made me smile 
is that he said, Cristiano has led three different countries in goals. He's led he's led uh five, he's led leagues in goals five times. How many times has Mbappe did that? And I said, <laughs> four. And if he gets it this year, he has five already. And when I, I said just, that, when I said that, he le- he leaned back like Fat Joe. Hey, can I just put something in perspective real quick about Mbappe and why he should be as high as he is, in my opinion, at least in 304 club matches, just club. I'm not going to go country yet. He has 223 goals in 304 club matches. Bombers so, league. Huh? That's what they say. And he, and say he that, dominates say, huh? in the Champions League, too. And he's the leading scorer of the he's World the Cup. And he I'm does saying it that, everywhere. Thank you. He's doing it everywhere. I mean, look what he did the other day. I mean, I know they lost their, their last game they played. But the game before that, when they went down to ten men, the dude came, got a red card, got somebody, got got a uh, penalty at the, in the last minute of the game, and scored yeah. the game winning goal. I mean, yeah, yeah I get it. you're right. Farmers League, you could say Liga Un is 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 uh, what it is. I get it. One one horse pony, basically, uh, one horse uh, race. I guess I get that. At the same and time, that's the, <laughs> and that's the thing too about him is that one thing that Cristiano can never say, Messi's net can never say. I won the league title as an underdog. All of y'all always had to play for all-star teams to win the league. I won the league with Monaco. So you can say Farmers League, but I beat the Kings when I was a kid. So he's he's an alien, man. But uh, let's talk about another alien, Cristiano, landing at Al-Nassar, Saudi Arabia. He said he was in South Africa. I can see how he got confused. They have a lot of whites over there, too. But hey, man, it was a crazy presentation. It's only right for the most famous footballer in the world. You're making two hundred million a year. Um, how did y'all feel about the presentation? And did y'all see him meeting his teammates? Because the way he dapped up Abubakar and was hitting him on the chest, he made it like, "Yeah, you're gonna be." Is my he boy. number nine? Yeah, is yeah, he number he, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Yes, 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 he will. I just yeah, watched the other match. He will. He will be passing. Ronaldo the Rock, because he cannot make a shot, bruh. <laughs> nah, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice little run for Cristiano. I feel like he also wants to lay low a bit, but also be the attention. But I feel like being out of England, he's gonna be a little bit happier, you know, smiling more. It's a different culture, especially a different new environment, like a really, really new environment. And then he still gets to be the face, you know, he's still the brand. So it'll be a good, it'll be good for him just to lay low a little bit. Hey, yeah, I, I'm gonna I, say I, this before air. Go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead, e. oh, okay. Go ahead, I'm about to say, I'm about to say before it, before Anthony get it out. Hey, man, they unveiled my man like a like a legendary car on FIFA Ultimate Team, dog. It's Cristiano. A, okay. Now I watched the league. I don't think he gonna be starting that that much. Or if he do, he might he might be a 60, 65 minute boy because they got a lot of young wash young boys that look like they pacey and a few of like old heads in the league. The dude from United, the United striker, he was over he over there in that league. Yeah, your yeah. man in Gallo, the my man, my man switch the the brother that switches it up, he'll say. Uh, Allahu Akbar, and then he'll say, Jesus Christ is my savior. Salute. <laughs> That's why he has to move like that. Look where he's playing. <laughs> hey, look, to that point about him being unveiled the way he was and, and 
what Clayton said earlier too. I think I think he's he's in a place where he he thinks he deserves to be, and I think that's going to be great for him. Uh, to your point, Clayton, I think he's in a happy place now. You know, he's he's you know he's going to be less scrutiny, less media. Well, there can be some media attention, obviously, but you know, not as much as it was in England or or in Spain. Um, but I, I'm I'm happy for him. You know, I hope he gets to finish out his career. Apparently, there's a, there may be a clause which gets him loaned to Newcastle if they stay in the top four next year. Um, so he may be back in the Premier League next year if this is true. Uh, but but anyway, but I'm happy for him. I mean, look look, he's he's still look he's number three on my all time list. He's he's played for Manchester United. You know, he's one of the best players to ever played for Manchester United, if not the best. Um, you know, so look, his off the field issues are totally separate to me from his on the field things. He's great. He's, he's phenomenal, obviously. So I'm happy for him. Hope he finishes his career on a high note. Um, yeah, congratulations to him at the end of the day. My bad. It got a little place for Al Halal. The number one score in the Saudi league right now is Taliska. You guys might remember him from Shakhtar Donetsk, my man. Had a lot of talent. Oh, my bad. He was at Benfica. Yeah, that's where it was. He was at Benfica balling. And a lot of people thought he was going to take this next step to go to a bigger team. But he went to Turkey and China. He's about those racks. He's 28, y'all. Balling in the Saudi league. That lets you know where his mind is. Number but, 94 on. He does, he gives no yeah, fucks. Yeah, no fuck. <laughs> and, and, he, and he has nine goals. So if Cristiano oh, wants God. to lead the league in goals, he has he has to catch up. Now that I think about it, how is he gonna start? Because homie is the starting striker. Where, where's huh? Ronaldo gonna play? Is he you gonna know, put? Hey, number, that boy's moving gonna... to the left. You know, right? You know Ronaldo starting. <laughs> One more thing though, real quick, and y'all know he's banned for the first two matches. Yeah, he's got he has three, to play. Yeah, three match man. Yes, yeah, yeah, so. Huh? You know Nicholas still hating, bro. That's all. It is. Well, what do you because mean he, smoked, he smacked bad. that phone out the he smacked the phone out the kids' hand ever to last year. How does the FA? Oh, how does the FA still have this suspension on to be left the country? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, man? It's they, a they, FIFA where is this? Where is this? It Saudi must be money? a FIFA thing. It has to be a FIFA. <laughs> but he played in the World Cup. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Propaganda. <laughs> they be hating. Hey, man. Anthony, did he know that this brother was banned from what he did like eight months ago? He's been playing all this time, man. What type of illegal stuff is that? Yeah, well, whoever said you're going to come out with your actual interview, well, we're going <laughs> to hit you up with sanctions. Yeah, they just flex. It's like you said, propaganda. Well, yeah, right now, man, Mendez did uh, left him, right? Mendez, his agent left him. They yeah. said a big part was the interview. George Mendes, super agent. So I'm reading about why that's a thing, about why is he still banned. Apparently, according to FIFA, regulations state that when a ban is imposed by a different league and a different federation, they carry over. So I don't know. So I don't know why he didn't play. He was wasn't suspended for the World Cup, but now, but that's what it is. So apparently, it, it's because of a FIFA regulation that carries over suspension. So. Yeah, FIFA wasn't about to let, you know, the FA ban that boy from the World Cup. It wasn't. Yeah, so they could give him a fake man of the match against Ghana, right? Hey, man, uh... let, me, let me get my mind right. Hey, because I got this. I got, you know, Dan's international report because my mind is still international football. And I got a couple updates for you. Uh, last week, I told you all about Daniel Frigne Barney, Ghana's best young player as we go to the Chan. And he signed a deal with FC Zurich in Switzerland. 
good luck to them. Um, they're in a relegation battle. I don't think that was the right move, <laughs> but it is what Hold it on, is. So can he play now? <laughs> yeah, because he, he signed. Yeah, he signed a deal with Hearts of Oak so that um he'll be eligible to play in the chain. So technically, he's still a Hearts of Oak player. And then after the tournament, then he'll go to Zerz. So they did that special deal so he'll be eligible to play. But um, my big breaking news in the international report has to do with the good old U.S. of A. Because, you know, Claudio Reina's wife, Danielle Reina, she is also a former U.S. international. She's snitching. She gave intel to U.S. soccer about Greg Berhalter's domestic violence past from the early 90s. And she's trying to get him out the paint because, you know, they have beef with him. So how do y'all feel about this Telenueva going on, man? What is this? You know, I'm loving this. Bruh, this shit is the, the Mr. Biggs. <laughs> R. Kelly. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> well, Wow. Wow, yeah, that, that's crazy. Look, obviously, we're not gonna condone domestic violence ever. At the same time, it's like we know why this happened, right? It's not like somebody just being nice and saying, "Oh, I know that Greg Berhalter hit his his future wife back in the day." Nah, this is petty because somebody was mad that their son didn't get to play. Yeah. Uh, and I get re- and I get the reason why. Look, I get being upset. I think I think Berhalter. I think we mentioned it in the in a another podcast at least on my in my opinion i i don't i thought he was wrong for how he, he handled the whole reina situation at the same time it's like yeah but you know this is not the how you go about that though right you, you, just because you want him out which i think he may have already been on his way out anyway um because i think his contract ended like a, a few days ago and they haven't t- renewed it yet anyway yeah. but i think they were he was on an investigation before that so i think that was another reason why um but anyway it, I don't agree with how it happened. I'm, you know, it, yeah, he, that was obviously don't, you know, we don't want that to happen, but I, I just think it was petty how they did it because their son didn't play. So I don't agree with the tactic. I don't agree with the reason why. If, if he needs to get fired, he needs to get fired for other reasons at this point. Cause it's like, like somebody said in the chat, it was like 30 years ago. Um, and he should be, you know, he should be held accountable at the same time. I, I think this, the way they did it was just wrong. Hey, my yeah. real take on it though, Dan, um, is um, it you 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 gotta keep. I guess you can't trust people that you play with, bruh, because um, blood thickening. Oh, uh, Claudio leaked into the wifey. Yeah, you, you blood blood thickening. You know, I'm I'm gonna stick up for my kid before I stick up for you. So uh, I mean, you know, so I feel like uh, on that note, we he already was out of the contract. They are they just trying to find a reason to go ahead and escape them. We got some guy named Hudson coaching us for these uh exhibitions. Hopefully he win and then they just escape him. Just just be like, hey, we pay you off and get up out of here. Anthony, what do you think about this controversy, man? Is this uh is this a good example? You think that uh players should be trying to conspire to set up their coach? What is this? Or do you think his parents acted alone? Because it kind of mm-hmm. makes it doesn't it kind of make him look like a little brat to his teammates? Like, whoa, your mommy and daddy are telling on the coach. Yeah, but I don't care. I hope it gets this coach 
out of there, man. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope this snitching works. We don't condone domestic violence. He needs to get out of here. We need a new a new coaching staff. We need to start over. We need somebody from Italy or something coaching American squad. Luis Enrique. Hey, and look, uh, I, I agree. Like, we definitely don't want to condone that. Um, Luis Enrique, hold on. You, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cletus. Go ahead, E. In the house, about to say, E, that's a perfect setup. You might, hey, we might as well get there right now, man. Coaches on the hot seat. Ephraim, you mentioned Luis Enrique. He's the hottest free agent you could argue right now because Zidane, we all know he only wants the France national team job, but Deschamps won't leave. So, uh, do you guys think that there's any coaches that should be under surveillance? For this month or so, Conte, I got my eye on you. Conte and Frank, you know, under Frank the. I'm, but in Frank's situation, I'm not really as concerned for him because it's not like Everton have been buying players. So he's been working with a lot of Huff and he's gotten by, you know, pretty well so far. Like he's picked up, you know, a good fair amount of points. But I think Conte is more in the hot seat than him. I say Julian, Potter, um, shit. Who else at the bottom? Pep. Like you said, Frank. Uh, <laughs> who? Pep. If, I don't know about hey, that. But he man. got. He got. You to, if he loses, hey, you know me, man. I've been saying that no Champions League since what? Since 20, 2011. Wow. Yeah. Hey. I still don't. Wow. Hey. Of the last. Guy. Wow. The last time. Pep won the Champions League. I was still becoming a future fan. Now he's my favorite artist ever. That's a long time, man. Longevity. <laughs> but um, I gotta ask y'all this. Um, do you guys think that a coach could be under surveillance in another league if they drop, like a Simeone? Someone like that who's a club legend, but it looks like they're struggling right now. I think Simeone Loki wants to like kick. He's trying to find a way to creep out. Javi's Javi's gonna get escaped. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, let me tell you something, guys. And my football manager safe, Xavi got fired, Pep got fired, Grand Potter got fired. A lot of boys was getting slid. I don't know. So hey, who knows? But <laughs> hey, I got a question. Did uh the Spurs old coach get up ever get hired? Like what happened to him being the hottest free agent? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Still yeah. out there. He yeah. ain't hired yet. Yeah, Potch is still there. He's still there. Another guy that'll be available, but um uh, Robert DiMatteo is still out there as well. You know, he left uh, the Belgium job. I think he'll get it. Hey, I'm gonna say one hot, good. I'm gonna say a hot one, bro. If Julian lose the league, he's gone. Hey, man. I mean, with a, in a league like that, I can see that. With yeah. Like coaching, I can see that. No, I don't think so. I don't think he will either, but I, I but I can see it. Yeah, I I, I just can see yeah, that. I, I, if you look I, at PSG, they'll win, they win the league and fire coaches like it ain't nothing. Yeah, yeah but with Julian's situation, I think Khan and um, Brazo, like, they're so invested and they like him so much. Like, they'll try to, they'll try to force it. Because they want to prove that their method of like bringing in coaches and players is better than you know like Ruminators. so they have a point to prove with that. 
Hey, yeah, good luck. Carl Hines is one of the kings. Exactly. Of that. You know, Carl, <laughs> that's a real godfather. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a good yeah. point, though. That's a good point. But um, let's get into transfer rumors. It's January. The winter window is open. Um, this is your time to improve your team for a title race or for you to try to can- set, cancel your losses and just settle for mid-table, bottom of the table, whatever it may be. Um, Arsenal, we've been linked to Michaela Mudrick for a while. It looks like we put in a second offer closer to $60 million. Shakhtar Donetsk have been mulling it for a while, but in the meantime, Chelsea is surveying the scene. Um, I would like Mudrick. I think he's a good attacker that has a lot of pace dribbling. He's direct. We need other options off the bench, and he could potentially push uh, Martinelli for a starting spot on the left, so I would like to have him. I think we also need a midfielder for depth for uh, to cover for Shaka in case he got hurt or Partey because if if one of those boys gets hurt and I have to see El Nene <laughs> all right hey please all I know is shout out my boy Imad he's from Egypt but he looks like Sean Paul the dance hall legend and he hates El Nene okay he hates the boy <laughs> and he's making me I was respecting El Nene but Imad is making me hate him even more man he said the guy when he comes for Egypt, he should just be a groundskeeper. Don't even let him play on the pitch no more because the guy's useless. I wouldn't Press, say all that. Your Bob. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I, would, I wouldn't say all that. I, but, he, yeah, he's low. He's low. And then Lakonga is a good young player, but I don't know if he's ready for this bump. But um, the most active team in the window is Chelsea's Tricky Blues, man. Uh, Cletus, why don't you let us know about that? Because you guys are signing all of the – When it comes to me stopping transfers at Chelsea, I'm like Raymond Reddington. I set the play and I execute it. You can check my my track record. We've been able to stop the Enzo, you know, deal. Honestly, I just feel like the price tag that that was being put on the table and that we're willing to pay is just ridiculous. Uh, Me and uh, Mike say have talked several times. And what's his name? Alvarez from IX. I think he'll be a better fit. Oh, Edson, yeah. I the Mexican brother. Will definitely see that's what I'd be saying too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he'll definitely be a good addition to our team. Um another uh I think right now, if we could try to start looking at strikers, um, you know, I've been looking at Marcus, I've been signing Marcus for a minute, but um, what's his name? Uh Kylo, I whatever. Appreciate that. Um, the other day, <laughs> Marcus Tarab, right? Or is yeah. it our, our Marcus? Yeah. <laughs> nah, <sure. laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, what's the other guy? Um, other black dude at um in Germany, I keep forgetting his name, but I feel like Olomwani from Frankfurt, yeah, they'll offer more, yeah, yeah tag, I like him in our tag than um, what we currently have at the moment, but in defense, again, I think we should start looking at backups for Reese James. Um, even though we have Fofana, he's not, you know, he's injury prone. Cucurella still hasn't proven that, you know, he's he's up to par. So I feel like we're gonna be adding a lot of new players and then but we need to focus on building that midfield more than anything. Um is Benoit coming this window? 
Or is he coming in the summer? Benoit Battishaw, your left-footed center back coming in? Yeah, it looks like he's going to be in the summer. Okay. I'm reading here. And you also signed, we got to mention, the young homie, the young striker, the next drug bar, right? Yeah, that's that's another one we have. Um, <laughs> I, I signed him that, before in football manager. He was all right. I, I've been watching a lot of his highlights, and his, you know, there's not a lot of, like, to judge on because he's not playing, like, high-quality va- high football. So it's like, I want to see what he's able to do, you know, European games when you're playing those big European teams. And I really want us to get away from this Drogba mentality. Like, it's it's been killing us in the past, and but, yeah, we're still attached to it. Like, we're always trying to find a Drogba replacement. Um, and speaking of that, you know, the real original baby Drogba looks like he wants to leave. I could definitely understand why. So we definitely need to, you know, start looking in a, in a striker position. By the way, the young man is David Datro Fofana. He's 20 years old. And prior to joining Chelsea, he was playing for Mold, Ole Gunnar's squad. Uh, <laughs> and in that league, he had 42 appearances, 15 goals. He's only 20, like I said. So yeah, he's a developmental player, very raw, but he has talent. I don't know if he'll be Drogba, but hey. Yeah, uh, I want some made ready, you know, people that could bang in some goals. I dig that. I could understand that. Now, Ephraim, do you think United will sign anyone to make this top four and potential title push? Apparently, we already signed uh, Jack Butlin, the goalkeeper. Uh, so Is we that what y'all signing. need? Is that what no, y'all need no. right now, you think, though? Who? Yes and no. We need a backup because we just let uh, Marvin, Martin Dubravka go back to Newcastle. Oh, Okay. So we do need a backup. Uh, Tom Heaton, he's he's pretty much not he's not playing anything really. So yeah, uh, that brother's an assistant <laughs> coach, man. Y'all so I mean, Henderson? Uh, no, Henderson's on loan. This is some wild. This is why Manchester United needs some help at the top because they all they're wild. They 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 put him on loan to to uh, Forrest, um because there was going to be a, a problem if he was going to be he wasn't going to be number one because De Gea is still obviously number one. And so he went there for us. And so we, for whatever reason, we loaned, we got a loan deal from uh, Newcastle from Martin Dubravka. Dubravka made his debut against, oh man, who was it? Uh, was it, I think it was the uh, League Cup game, made his debut and looked horrible. Uh, I mean, he 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 didn't get scored on, but he just looked bad. And, so, and not to mention, I, I think there's rumors that he wants to, uh, they want to sell him to somebody else anyway. So, um, so anyway, uh, we did sign him. We're being linked with Jao Felix. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Arsenal, you guys, Dan, are also linked with him as well. Um, I don't. We may have to go in for another uh, um, midfielder because Donny Vanderbeek seemed like he got really hurt uh, yesterday. So, but f- for now, it seems like the, the biggest priority is striker. Just like uh, uh, Cletus was talking about, striker seems like the biggest deal for for United as well. So we've been we've been linked with Turum, uh the France International, uh Jao Felix. Chill out, 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 chill out. He's off the Well, way. y'all are the ones coming in and taking everybody's uh signing to seem like uh you guys in Liverpool, y'all been linked with Arsenal's uh target as well. So um so yeah, that, that seems like what we're going with. Uh I was gonna say right back, but 
it seemed like Aaron Wan-Bissaka seemed like he he didn't got a uh, resurgence all of a sudden. So we may not need that as of yet, maybe in the summer, not not too soon. So that's what it looks like for us right now. Yeah. Um, Anthony, you guys are chilling, right? You guys are more focused towards the summer. Yeah, we're taking a break, but we did just uh, press the button on some some young kid down in Argentina. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking for his name. Um, he's a midfielder. And uh, I don't know why we got him. Probably for like a Bernardo Silva replacement after this season. Um, or or Gundogan, Gundogan if he leaves. Um, but, yeah, we just got some midfielder. I don't think we're getting nobody uh, significant. I think our, the team is pretty set. Akanji, picking up Akanji before the uh, start of the season. Or the end of the last transfer window was perfect. Our our center backs are straight. We got midfielders. Um, and Rico Lewis, he actually is saving us, I think, from even having to think about buying somebody. So. Yeah, for sure. Now, Ephraim, you mentioned Jao Felix. That uh, loan fee and wages, $21 million, that's too much. He's a good player, but I ain't paying all that for six yeah. months. Yeah, I and, Yeah, and – <laughs> Another reason is like Arsenal. This is what I want to see. Let Eddie and Ketsa, you guys paid him. You guys let the boy wear number 14 because he asked for it. Let him see what he is. And if he's not the guy, sell him and let's buy another striker. Cause I don't want no Jao Felix come save the day. Hey, why did y'all pay the Eddie and Ketia that money? Why did you guys give him number 14 if you don't believe in him? So let's see. And like I said earlier, he scored two goals so far in the three matches he started. So he's been all right. So other than that, though, like I said, I would like Modric and a midfielder. So that's what I would like. Um, Marcus, any midfielders? What's your dream like, man? Hey, man, you know what the wish list is? Um, and all I'm going to say is, Chelsea, stay the F out of our business. Because I just seen oh, that y'all trying to steal Moses. 70 mil is too much. Leave it alone. Let us let's play them on the 14th and do like we did Arsenal when we got Ox. We're here to further market again. <laughs> I see. Todd is, like I said before, Todd playing football manager. He bought the striker I got on football manager for 11 mil. Relax, bro. Let <laughs> us eat. But we need to rebuild that midfield, bro. That Brentford game showed me them legs is dead in hand, though. Tiago, I never looked for him to give me legs, and we never replaced Genie. Moses, like I said, number five in tackling. We already got Gakpo. Hey, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Rebuild that, that midfield. Get get the jump start. Get Jude in the, in the summer. Rele re relax Real Madrid. And that's all we got going. We ain't going for we only going for one player, bro. We're not doing nothing else. We 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 acting like broke boys. <laughs> I hear you. Now, hey, before we go, we gotta keep our tradition going. It's the first champagne goal of the week of 2023. Uh before I mention uh how many of y'all pop uh bottles for New Year's, man. Did y'all bring in the New Year with Bubbly? With that UGA fit, uh, with that UGA win, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was at a party, so yep, focused.
Cletus, I know you was in the club. How was no, it, man? No, sir, not me. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah, yeah. We, we, was, we was in the crib, and, you know, yeah, yeah, it was different. Oh, all right. That's, that's uh, all right. very vague. <laughs> I like it. Anthony, how about you, man? Yeah, man, I, I was sipping on Duce, man. I couldn't find my... I couldn't find my Guatemalan rum at the ABC store. There's a copper, but, you know, so I had to settle for Duce, but it was all right. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I brought in the New Year with a different type of bubbly, if you know what I mean. My stomach was geeked. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but what's your champagne goal of the week, man? I started off. I went, I'm going to go with uh, Casemiro, got his first home uh uh, home goal uh, at Old Trafford uh, off a set piece, first goal of the game against uh, against uh, Bournemouth. Uh, that'll be mine. It was a great little, you know, set piece and and volley into the goal. So, for sure. Hey, I'm, mine is. Go ahead. I was gonna go with the uh, Everton goal from uh, the guy Gray on on New Year's yeah, Eve. Gray. Yeah. That one was a beautiful goal. That was a beautiful shot. That was gonna be my joint. I hate to steal a Claytis. So I'm sorry. The backup. I mean, mine's not a champagne goal, but it's just the importance of what he is this season. I'm gonna go with uh, Mitrovic's goal. Like he's been in the league before, but right now he's this season he's in form. So I'll give him that. All right, Marcus, what you got, man? I'm going with my boy Ingzy, baby. Aston Villa equalized on Wolves. That boy Mings finally did a good pass. My boy uh, Ings, uh, he 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 hey, got that man. first touch. <laughs> hey, hey, you know Mings is geeked. He's the yeah, most he yellow carded player in the league. Yeah, he's not a left back. They be having his big ass ready down the left flank six sometimes, man. Looking foolish, but yeah, Ings did a nice goal first touch play. But he couldn't uh he thought he was gonna be able to come out for it. He he had to freeze up and then Ains put it in that corner pocket. You know how it go. Nice, nice. E money bags, what you got? Oh yeah, you said Casemiro. I'm geek. <laughs> uh, it's on me. It's on me. Well, I took a time machine, y'all. That's why that's why I was the lady from I was in my time machine for my champagne goal of the week. And I got to keep it in the Ore tradition. I've been watching a lot of Pele footage, and hey, his, he's still the youngest person to ever score in the World Cup. That goal is smooth. Uh, but I, I want to highlight 1958 because that's the first World Cup Brazil won, the fifth ever World Cup. He's still the youngest person to also score in the final. And after they won the final, my man was shedding tears. He told his dad, don't cry, Dad. I'll win you the World Cup when uh, Brazil lost the World Cup in 1950 to Uruguay. And for him to be 17 and the lead his country to do it, hey, that's amazing. So that's my champagne goal of the week, Time Machine Edition. Now, uh, who are y'all in the club All-Stars? Cletus, who was you in the club with on New Year's Day? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Kareem because he scored that goal, um, to put them top of the league before um before New Year's. So, yeah, I'm gonna start with Kareem. Nice. 
Man, and I, I think I ran into Mbappe and Hakimi at the club. They'll be on. Uh, <laughs> seen them in the yeah. city, huh? Yeah. 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 They, they, they tour on the East Coast. I think I ran into them. So we we in the club. Yeah, what a coinky thing. They decided to leave when Messi decided to come. We ain't giving you no heroes. Welcome. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh, go ahead, E. My bad, y'all. I'm, I'm going to go with Alexander Mitrovic because, uh, as I predicted, <clears throat> before the season started, how he was balling uh, in the uh, championship last year, he's still balling this year in the Premier League. He has 11 goals in 15 matches, so my man's killing it. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Reina, whole Reina family. Um, If we get great, hey, fuck up out of hey. here. Oh, wow. I'll sponsor that tab, baby. Let's go. I didn't know. I didn't know U.S. <laughs> soccer and YSL had a lot in common with telling. Hey. Ooh, too soon, Dan. Yeah, you got yes. to relax. You got to really relax. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the club with Southampton because those boys are getting relegated, and they need a, they need a lot of drinks. We're taking a lot of talent from them soon. Southampton. I think the last time they won a match um, was. <laughs> November with when they uh they had a victory against Sheffield Wednesday in the Carabao Cup and they had to go to penalties since then those boys have been drowning so we in the club with them depression style Arteta learn he learned huh we, he learned from uh Klopp for real for real huh <laughs> yeah we need a hey, uh city Lavia let me get that boy man I need a I need a DM like that. Yeah, my man's balling. Uh we about to we about to recall him back, man. We're gonna save him. For Bring what? Him Calvin home. Phillips is there. I, I heard he's losing his stomach. <laughs> uh, you know? uh, he, he he may uh I you know what's crazy? I sense a, a Chelsea jersey in his in Calvin Phillips oh, future. Yeah, Ooh. I might see that too. Yeah, he got Bro, braids. That's not Danny yeah. Drinkwater. My birthday's nah, yeah. don't don't wish that nigga to. And they do need and they do need replacement <laughs> Conte as well. He might be going to Barcelona apparently. I've been asking yeah. for Bernardo Silva for almost two years now. You want to give me Calvin Phillips? <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving y'all Bernardo. That's crazy. Bernardo's going to Spain. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need more Brits. Hey, happy birthday, Claytis. Yeah, his birthday's in a couple birthday. of days. Stay yeah. blessed. Uh, yeah, man, we're going to pop some champagne for you. But uh, Marcus, what you got for us, bro, on the way out? Hey, until next time, keep them pinkies up, man.